everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of the Title Town Sports Podcast. We're going to talk about some sports. I'm Melissa. <laughs> What's up? I'm Craig. That's Craig. It's kind of right in the name, you know. <laughs> but in case you couldn't you put it know. together based on the title of the you program. Know, yes, we'll know be where discussing our listeners are at. Sports Let's ball. not assume things here. Uh, yeah, we have some good stuff that we're going to hit on. We're going to talk about that dredge of a Patriots game. Yeah, a little brutal, but we're going to pick through it. We might as well. It's what we do. We're also going to hit on some big highlights coming out of the Red Sox camp this week, though. So yeah, that's exciting. For sure. I uh, have a couple calls this week. Nice. Uh, we had a couple people take up our offer of uh, calling in their takes. Yeah. 904-87-TT-POD nice. is the number in case yeah. you feel the same way. You out there with your bubbling hot sports takes you've been sitting on. We know you want to. You yeah. got ideas. You got thoughts. You yeah. think we're stupid. That's I see, fine. I see the text messages. Yeah. <laughs> they should just be voicemails. <laughs> what are you afraid of? Yeah. It's fine. We won't uh, answer. I promise. Yeah. It's not Jesus. a big deal. Just do it. Anyway. Anyhow. Uh, enjoy the episode and we'll see you soon. Hi, Craig. How are you? Bernsey. Hi. <laughs> I was like, who's that? <laughs> Same. What's going on? <laughs> Not too much. Ready to talk about this week? Yeah, I'm ready. It's right. the morning. I know. It's very weird. We're drinking coffee. Raining? That's what you do. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is a, it's been sufficiently awkward. Yeah. Small talk. Let's get into the All shit. Right, let's move around. We're gonna start on a high note with the Red Sox. They had a great week. They hit a hundred wins for 100. the first time since 1946. And then 101. And then 102. And then 103. Yeah, they've been on a tear. Uh, they swept the Jays and took two out of three against the Mets. Which, Bomb. thank God, those are both bomb ass teams. So if they'd lost those, that would not have been great. They're heading into a midweek series. It actually starts this afternoon, which is weird. Yeah, day game on a Tuesday. I know. Bizarro. Weird. It's in the stadium. I wonder if it's a makeup game. Yankees had all those rain delays, remember? Yeah, I was kind of wondering that, too. Is it too. a doubleheader? Do they play tonight also? I don't think so. No. No, just the I one o'clock. I think it's just a weird-ass Tuesday day game. Sure. Like, not even midsummer. School's in session. Like, I don't know who the fuck's going to be there. I don't know. Anyway. Who's in charge? Take it up with Manfred. <laughs> well, uh, the Red Sox magic number's down to two. Which basically means win and you clinch the division. Yeah, if they win one of these games. Which I think they can handle that. I think they can handle the that. The Yankees have not been doing well. That's true. <laughs> the magic number has just steadily been decreasing yeah. quickly. I think uh, they're back 11 and a half games, if I, if I looked it up this morning, if yeah. that is still correct. <laughs> sure. Should be. They haven't played yet. Brutally far. Yeah. You know, it's funny, too. A couple years ago, the Red Sox clinched in Yankee Stadium, clinched the division in Yankee Stadium, yeah. and it was on a fucking Joe Kelly gave up a walk-off grand slam to Mark Teixeira. and But then somehow that still wound up with them clinching the division. So they did like the whole like champagne oh, thing. Oh, I remember that. In the visiting locker room at Yankee Stadium after just getting like... After losing. Dramatic fashion too. Walk-off yes. fucking grand slam. I, and then you go immediately into like champagne. Like, woo! Very weird. I think they needed Baltimore to lose in order to clinch the division. Yeah, obviously and, like, some other happened. thing happened. Yeah. But that yeah. was That was very bizarre. Hopefully they can have a more dignified celebration <laughs> this year. If they actually fucking win the game. I know. Can you imagine if they just get swept out of this series? That That'd would be, be brutal. Yeah. Um, this week also saw the return of Chris Sale from the DL. He had some limited starts. I think he's up to like 60 pitches now, but yeah. he looked good and he looked strong and he looks like he's ready for a good postseason 
run. And so. everything that he's been saying in interviews has basically been like, I'm fine. This I is just like a thing yeah. we're doing so that I'm like extra good. Right. He's like, I'm not injured. I feel fucking fine. Great. He's been going, he, they've been taking him out of the games. And he's been like continuing to throw in the bullpen yeah, like yeah. after he's out, yeah, which, is, which is cool. I mean, it just to like, I don't know, keep firing. Right. You might as um, well, if you can do it. Yeah. Work. Love the approach. Yeah. So happy to see that. Happy to have him back. And we're getting ready for the postseason now. Yeah. Uh, on a less happy note, yeah, not much going on in Celtics land other than this Jabari Bird stuff, which is like the details of it are coming out, and it's really it's not a cool story. Getting at all. worse. Uh, so we got more details about that incident from last week, and apparently strangled his girlfriend multiple times, and eventually stopped when he passed out with seizure-like symptoms. Yeah. Uh, yeesh. <laughs> yeah. That all around. <laughs> Well, we were wondering why the fuck was he in the hospital? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and now, now we, we know. know. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> he and the team have released statements about it. Uh, and divest, Jesus, domestic violence claims are handled by the league office. So Jabari Bird is taking some time away, and then we'll see what kind of discipline they bring down on the young man. Um, yeah, not great. It's not great. The Celtics handled it as well as they could. I would yeah. say they released a statement like very strongly coming out against him and his actions and like didn't try to beat around the bush or hide it. Yeah. I think from an organizational standpoint, you know, they did a good job of like supporting their player and helping him get the help that he needs, but also like strongly condemning his actions at the same time. Unacceptable. Yeah. Well, this is also an easy one. Like, he sucks. He's a scr- he's a random. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it's yeah, like sure. yeah. If you can't, it's hand- not Kyrie. If, if your organization can't handle like your third string point guard in a domestic violence issue and coming out on like the right side of history, then like well, you're really fucking turned around. Well, we've seen organizations not. Be well, so yeah, successful but like that's what that I'm saying. If it's like a star player, shit gets yeah. squirrely. So right. anyway. you know, good job Celtics, but yeah. like easy one. <laughs> you know, <laughs> take the win, take the win. Damn it. Uh, let's move over to the Bruins. They officially kicked off their preseason this week. Oh, I wish I had a gong sound effect. Oh. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> um, they had split squad games, which like, Jesus. Two? Really? Yeah. They were playing both domestically and in China. So oh. they put, yeah, it was like okay. baseball style. They played the Flames in China. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One in a shootout. Yeah, dramatic. Ryan Donato. Yeah. Wait. And Jake DeBrusque. Fucking Ryan Donato. Looked great in that shootout. Uh, and then they played the Capitals here in the U.S. Also I, won. I was so confused by that Capitals game. I thought it was in China. I couldn't figure out what was going on until I realized the split squad thing. And you I was know, like, the, how the fuck they get enough players to do that? That's a good question. They've got to have the entire Providence team pretty much split between them two pretty right much. now. Oh, that answer. makes so much sense. I was looking yeah. at, I was, you know what it was? I saw pictures of the Calgary, uh, of the uh, Washington game. And I was oh. like, there's so many white people in the stands. <laughs> <laughs> Did people like fly to China to see this or whatever? But that actually makes sense. They were here. Yeah. The yeah. other guys were in China. The Bruins did sign a Chinese goalie to be their third string goalie in the second game that they have coming up this week. Oh, interesting. Yeah. A little fun fact for you. I got a lot of information. Anyway, uh, the real big news, though, is that defenseman Adam McQuaid was traded mm, to the New York fan Rangers. Fan favorite, Adam McQuaid. Very sad to see him go. The Bruins get back Stephen Kampfer and two draft picks. So that's nice. Fun fact, Kampfer actually was a rookie with the Bruins when they won the cup in 2011. But his name was never engraved on it because he only played 38 games. And apparently you have to play 41 to get on the cup. And the, but the Bruins petitioned. Fun, fun fact that I did not know. Yeah, they petitioned the league to try to get him on the cup, and they said no. I think they put, they also petitioned the league to get Mark Savard on the cup. Yeah, and they said yes. 
That's interesting. I think they. I think they. I think he's on there. Well, not Steve Campbell. Another example of star players getting <laughs> different <laughs> treatment than rando scrubs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, a lot of people were upset about Adam McQuaid. I am not one of those people. Love you, mean it, love the fights. Yeah, uh, but he was very overpaid and was rarely healthy. Right, Adios. and he was getting older, and they got a ton of young defensemen Tons. like coming up through the through the minor league system Tons. that they need to make space for. And this is not the close Julian Bruins anymore. So we actually sure play ain't. young players. They score goals, right? And it's awesome. So uh, we need some of the we need some room for them. Uh, onto the oh the flash flood warning, folks. We got a flash flood warning. Shut up. Until 2.15. Jesus. Oh, man. Well, if you never hear this podcast, then you know how me and fucking Melissa went out. (laughs) A wash and a flood. We're in low ground near a lake. It's It's true. It's not out of this realm of possibility. We're not in the safest location for a flash flood warning. All right, now that the anyway. flash flood's over, <laughs> you want to get to the uh, you want to get to the Patriots? Oh God! Well, what a week! I don't know uh, if I do. For those that maybe didn't catch the game, uh, Patriots rock. dropped the uh, second game of the season to the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, thirty-one to twenty. Uh, tough to see the Patriots lose like they did on Sunday, but this is not the first time that they've had a bad loss early in the season. Couple examples uh, in twenty seventeen, they got. Last year, crushed by the Chiefs in week one. Obviously went we on remember to that. make the Super Bowl. Yeah. 2016, uh, they lost week four to the Bills. In 2014, they lost the season opener to the Dolphins. And then they lost in week four to the Chiefs. Mm. Um, and obviously 2014, they went to the Super Bowl and won it. 2017, they went to the, you know, whatever, yeah. obviously. Yeah. All those years, they ended up in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Oh, Two, they you. won. And one, they lost. That's why you picked the years you did. I get it. Big news. <laughs> on the uh, trade market, <laughs> they traded for Josh Gordon. Flash no. from the Cleveland Browns. The Browns got back a fifth round pick and uh, there's some contingencies based on suspensions and drug use and <laughs> shit like that. Um, and uh, if he plays 10 games, it changes what the deal is. Basically, if he contributes a lot, then the Browns get slightly more. And if he doesn't do anything, then the Browns get slightly less. Right? Yeah. If if he plays 10 games, they it's just straight up Josh Brown, Josh, Gordon. Josh Gordon for a 10th round for a my God, I'm going to start again. If he plays 10 games, yeah, it's Josh Gordon for a fifth round pick. If he doesn't play 10 games, the Patriots get back a late round pick, like a sixth or seventh round gotcha. pick. Gotcha. Yeah. And for those that may not know, Josh Gordon is uh, an extremely fast and extremely talented <laughs> wide receiver who does not play football a lot because he <laughs> loves drugs. Uh, he missed the entire 2015 season and the entire 2016 season. Uh-huh. Uh, played five games in 2017, has logged one game so far this year. He's pay, He's played six, or no, 11 games since 2014. Yikes. That's like the headline stat. 11 games played since 2014 in the NFL. But like, the guy is a fucking animal. I mean, like, just from a talent perspective, he's, he he can like, you know, he's that guy. So I don't know. Yeah, we'll and he's see. not, he's not injured. <laughs> he just keeps getting suspended. He is well rested. <laughs> yeah. You could say. Not, not a lot of tread on his tires but yeah that's you know the only potentially good news that came out of this week in patriot land because they got whooped by the jaguars up and down the field really no redeeming qualities that i can think of coming out of that game uh so let's uh, jump right into it shall we yeah let's so where would you like to start what phase of the game would you like to start in because i got we got i think we got gripes about all three. Oh, we sure do they weren't they weren't great on any of them. In fact, I would say they were downright terrible on all three of them. All right. Why don't we just start with the offense? Let's. Okay. We might as well just jump right in. So I got a couple thoughts about the offense. Okay. Give them to me. Here's number one. Okay. Is it was like roughly 200 degrees 
in Jacksonville <laughs> on Sunday. Yeah, I know because they were holding up the thermometer on the side, <laughs> which is a so we, we like it when the Patriots do that when it's cold. We'll let the, the warm weather teams yeah, yeah. do it when no, it's No, I mean, the, the sideline reporter was holding it up. Oh, like, that was so funny. I like, remember the little kitchen thermometer, you know, too. You Not know. even like the big clock. Yeah, yeah. Like the you big couldn't even clock see face it. one. Like, you don't. It's like a little digital. Yeah, like, like the You can just like say it. timer. It's cool. Like, just run a scroll. I get it. It's Florida in September. Like, when you say it's 97 degrees, we can all picture the nine and the seven next to each yeah, other. Like, you don't need don't, to show it to us. You want to crack an egg on the sidewalk? Just prove how hot it is. Like Jesus, I would have appreciated that more than the, more than the thermometer. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, so it's a thousand degrees. The Pats don't have a great history of you know. You they sure pick, don't pick your choice of one of these early season Miami games where it's like ninety plus whatever. Yeah. They threw a couple stats up of like Brady era warm weather games, yeah. and it's not they're great. not good. They're not. And I think he's like, won like two out of five. Yeah, and it's sort of chicken or the egg. Like, is it because it's early in the season and they usually sort of have this slow start kind of thing going or is it because it's hot well, you know who knows but at the end of the day all these september you know really hot games they generally don't do well yeah that's number one number two i felt like and this is specific to the offense i felt like they had a weird approach to this game oh do you think they had an approach at all <laughs> well i do actually because i think like First quarter, Sony Michelle gets the ball handed to him. Like, yeah, we get the first Sony Michelle sighting of the year. Like, this is your rookie running back, high draft pick, albeit, but like rookie running back who missed all of camp, missed the entire preseason. Right. It's like, so literally, your first possession of the game, you're going to hand it to Sony Michelle three times and punt. Like, it's it just seemed weird Bizarre. to me. Rob Gronkowski was targeted like two or three times. Yeah, he was basically double teamed the entire game which yeah, is but smart he was double teamed in houston when they played they, houston they, too and they brady trusted it then. drilled it in there i don't know the offensive approach to me felt like they almost didn't care about this game yeah that's what i mean like would you even consider they had an approach it felt like the way they were playing you would have thought they were up 30 to nothing and they just were just like trying to salt away a lead from the first half of the game <laughs> yeah exactly just, like they were just trying to make it to the end and they were it felt like they had no rhythm. They had no pacing. They even had that long drive, and it took them eight minutes. Like, an eight-minute drive for Which Tom Brady? generally a good thing, but, like, not when you're down. Right, and it and that's not usual. Like, normally when you're down and they need to, like, hurry up, like, he is great at moving the ball and good yeah. pacing and, and getting to the line and keeping things moving. And they ended up only getting a field goal. Like, they drove all the way down the field and ended up with a field goal. So, like, you didn't even get seven on the board for right. that. right, right. And you're bleeding away the clock, which you right. need. You need it. They don't. Right. A long, slow drive can be good, again, if you're up 30 to nothing. Right. When you're down and you need every second, it, yeah. it, it just felt slow and plodding and like they weren't aggressive and they didn't have any rhythm to them and they, they just... And not to say that Jacksonville's defense wasn't a big part of that too. I mean, this is like one of yeah, the best great. defenses in the league, but I just felt like the decision making like pre-snap like just like where, where you're gonna go with the ball mm -hmm. had nothing to do with Jackson I mean I don't know maybe Jacksonville's defense is so good that it got in their heads and they made like weird decisions play calling wise but like they were I felt like they were calling wacky plays and not going to the guys that they would otherwise go to to win games like didn't see a lot of James White didn't see a lot of Rob Gronkowski and I don't think it was just because they were like smothered right because usually like the, the Gronk thing specifically like we saw like multiple times just last week Rob Gronkowski double covered and they just drill it into him and like Rob Gronkowski's never really covered he's a fucking animal right and he's a giant like he can yeah. just reach up and 
pull the ball out. I, I also felt like there were so many times where I was like, this is where it turns around. This is where it turns yeah. around. Like, well, Jackson, well, they tried to give the ball. They tried to give the game away in the third quarter there. They had yeah. the fumble and then the pick. And you were like, oh, here, here we, we go. go. Here, here comes go. Tom. And then it just wasn't. Yeah. They even threw a stat up like <clears throat> at halftime. I don't know. The Patriots have been down by 18 plus points two previous times going into halftime and they won both games. Uh, like all time? Tom Brady. Brady. Brady led Patriots all time yeah. down by 18 and they won both? Yeah. One of them's got to be the Super Bowl, right? One was the Atlanta Super Bowl and one was some random game. I bet it was a Monday Night Football Denver game. There was some ridiculous comeback that happened there. Oh, look at that. I don't know. We'll look that Pulling up later. Out a, yeah, we don't care. Anyways. <laughs> Just uh, trust yeah, me. Tony so, Romo said it. It must you know, be true. That side of the ball, offense, not great. Jacksonville defense, got to hand it to them. I mean, this sure. was like their Super Bowl. They literally were quoted oh. after the game but saying, Tishwan Gibson or something, one of their safeties was like, I feel like we're on the Super Bowl, man. And it's like, <laughs> whoa, it's September. Yeah, it's week two. Week two. Champions of week two. Uh, I have a question for you about yes. the offense. Melissa. And their play calling. Uh-huh. There was a play, third quarter, I'm going to say, yeah, third quarter. Sure. The Patriots are get the ball back. They're moving the ball. They are in Jacksonville territory. Like, they are close to their own end zone there. It's not great field position. Yeah. They make a first down. It gets reversed on a challenge. And it's like fourth and inches. Would you have gone for it? This was the, at the like, towards the end of the game where they, like, changed the spot of the ball and then yeah. punted. Yeah. I think that was on the Pat side of the field. But yes, same other than that, all the details are accurate. Whatever. Uh, Fuck yeah. I was saying at the time that like fourth and inches, if you're down anywhere on the field, pretty much, I would say go for it. Like we've all seen Tom Brady with the QB sneak. It's automatic. He just falls forward. Like that's all you got to do. That's all he's ever done. That's all you need in that situation. And that was you were down by a couple of scores or I think you were down by 10, 24 to 10, I want to say it was. So you're down by two scores. It was manageable that you could yeah there's eight back. minutes left in the quarter like oh yeah the game yeah. was not lost once they punted the 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 ensuing i think the first down play from jacksonville was that like uh long touchdown run when the dude was coming across the middle then like ran down the the yes, sort of line. nearest yeah. to the camera sideline and then it was done 31 to 10 at that point it was like okay fuck but yeah. you know i that's those are that's another example of like did they really want this game like did like offensively were they really like firing all their guns like did they because if they were i don't think they punt in that spot fourth and inches down by two scores in the fourth quarter of a game like you go for that you gotta go for that you're sort of fucked if you punt it and you're fucked if you miss it so why not just go for it like giving them the ball back when you haven't been able to stop blake freaking bortles all day is basically like you know and it turned out that it did salt the game away for jacksonville because they scored Right. So it's like, go for it. What do you got to lose? Well, yeah. And even if they've scored on a short field, at least you got more time left. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> I mean, they ended up scoring pretty quick, so it didn't yeah. really take a lot of time anyway. <laughs> but if they had, if they'd ended up like having to drive down the field, they're taking more time off the clock. Right. And what really should have happened, maybe this can get us to our next uh, t- phase of the game, yeah. special teams. Yeah. On that play, so yeah. you had, they were awarded a first down on third down. When yep. I think it was either James White or Sony Michelle, I forget who, I one of the running James backs White. went out of bounds and they spotted the ball right on the first down marker, gave him the first down. Yeah. Doug Marone throws the challenge flag, challenge flag. They challenge it, move the ball back like three inches yeah. to make it no longer a first down. Right. I was shocked inches. that he won that challenge. Me too. Because from the camera like, angles you of, could see, I, I was like... I can't I, think of a time that I've ever seen a spot of the ball challenge. Yeah. I, I was it's like, a rare one. do that? Like when he threw the flag, I was like... 
is this even a thing you can do? Can you challenge spot of the ball? Yeah. You know, it's funny. I was watching it with someone else and we questioned that too. Apparently you can. But apparently you, clearly you can. Yeah. And they I, scooched it back. Like literally like. Yeah. Uh, I, I was just shocked that like he won that challenge that they didn't just go with the call on the field just because it was so close and like there wasn't, it was a generous spot. I'll, I'll give them yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. But that happens. Like yeah, that's right. not weird. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't so egregious. Yeah. That I felt like it was easily overturned. Watching the challenge, I I was I was pretty confident they were going to let the call stand. Yeah, but they didn't. No. Then they go to punt, yeah. which as we just discussed, I don't think that was the right decision. Right. Uh, and fucking Joe Schmo, Jacksonville Jaguar, yeah. jumps into the neutral zone. Both teams look to the ref to yeah. see if he's going to throw a flag, including he, homeboy that had just ju- he like stands up after like, he does it Shit. and turns, and I was like. <laughs> like Deer in the headlights, like dude, even knows he just committed a penalty. Yeah, H- hand in the cookie jar, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> looks like, to the ref. Oh no! Ooh, and the ref like think. reaches for the whistle and then just like stops. Yeah, and then the Patriots snap the ball once the guy's safely back. Right, and reset. And that would have been a first down if someone could have either snapped the ball while the guy was in the neutral zone, or apparently, and this is something that I learned. Yeah. So whatever, if a Patriots player, while the dude, while the the Jaguar player was like jumping into the line of scrimmage, if a Patriots player just also jumps, they blow the play dead, and then that's a flag on Jacksonville. Right. Nobody fucking moved a muscle, much to Bill Belichick's chagrin, as he like lit up. I think it was. Brand- Brandon King, I think is his name. Some rando ass special sure. teamer on the Patriots for not just like literally jumping out and hitting the guy on the shoulder pads, right. which would have, you know, they blow the play dead and you get a first down. Right. Yeah. And bullshit. I, yeah. Well, I and, thought we were supposed to be like the king of special that's teams. Exactly what I was about to the say. The fuck is this shit? Is like Bill prides himself on all three phases of the game. And like we were talking before that the Patriots carry more players that are special teams only players. Dedicated special teamers. Than yeah. Any other team in the league. If you're thinking to yourself, who the hell is Brandon King? Exactly. That's why. <laughs> and it's like, that's your moment. This is your moment, bro, to contribute to the team and to like advance the ball and, and have a, a part in. Yeah. Have an impact on the game. The comeback on a, on. And you just stand there. Yeah. Brutal. Let this guy, f- who even he knows he fucked up, be like, yeah. uh-oh. It was clear to everyone in the stadium and watching at home that he had fucked up, yeah. but it's just nobody did anything about it. Right. And like, you can't expect refs to bail you out of situations like that. You right. gotta like make the, this is like Bill O'Brien last week saying it's not his job to call a timeout to let the refs review it. It's like, no, 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 it is your job. Yeah. You have to manipulate the game to your advantage. Like when you see someone jump off sides, you're not just like, all right, ref, this one's on you. Blow that yeah. whistle. What? No shit. And then <laughs> That's like, not how this works? you have oh, to like no. force the issue. And you know, again, like you're a special teamer. Most special teams plays are perfunctory. Right. Some of them aren't. And sometimes like they fucking matter a lot. That would have been huge. Right. Oh, that would have been, they could have kept the ball there. Offense comes back on the field and who the fuck knows what could have right. happened. It's Brady what... probably would have gotten strip sack, but whatever. <laughs> it's not a big deal. Yeah. That happened later. It's fine. Huh. It's, it's uh, just yeah, one of those times where, like, the Patriot way, you just expect them to capitalize on those opportunities. And For sure. that's how, like, they win games is they are smarter than the other team on yeah. the field. Yeah. And they generally more well coached and know right. the rule book and all that. Better prepared. Crap. Know all the, the weird All that things. praise we usually give them. Right. And you give Brady a chance to, you know, drive down the field, make a comeback. And it was like, you had the opportunity. It was there. The other team was dumb. And, and Jacksonville is like, their thing that held them back in week one was the number of penalties they got. Like mm. that was the big knock on them from week one. Yeah. And I think they won the game yeah, they beat the Giants, in week yeah. one, but week one, but 
they got a ton of flags and mm-hmm. it was like the Patriots could take advantage of that. And like they can play sloppy sometimes. And d- there it was. And we were just like, duh. Yeah. On the other side of the ball. Yeah. And I mean, it seemed like yesterday it was or, or on Sunday was just one of those days where everything was going Jacksonville's way uh, up until that point of the game. Like mm-hmm. those were there was. It, it was like Jacksonville just balling out of control with one-handed catches and oh my god was that, that Cole catch that was ridiculous Fucking that was sick. unbelievable yeah there was a there was a Jacksonville fumble earlier in the game mm-hmm. that basically worked like a bounce pass in basketball that just went right to another Jaguar play <laughs> yeah, to run yeah. to a first down like it just it was like one of those days yeah. for the fucking for the Jaguars where it's just like okay like this is your fucking Super Bowl you're balling out of control everything's going your way and then the third quarter rolls around and the whoever it was fumbled and then Bortles throws that pick and then there was that fourth down moment where you were like oh man that really would have I think would have kept the momentum swinging because they really tried to give that game away and the Patriots weren't able to capitalize well and they even I think someone was even quoted from Jacksonville saying like at the end of the game like they started getting nervous when that was happening Mm -hmm. and you know and I think we'll get to the our defense in a second but I think one of the things that happens you mentioned how hot it was out on the field and it's like Defenses, when they have to stay on the field for a long time, start getting tired and then oh, they yeah. start making mistakes and they're not as great in coverage. And it's like, yeah, we couldn't keep them on the field long enough right. for them to actually be for impacted by the effect. heat. Yeah. yeah. The Jacksonville defense, yeah, spent most of the time getting blown on by fans yeah. on the fucking sideline. Just a photo shoot on a catwalk, <laughs> their hair blowing in the wind. All right, you want to talk anyway. about the Patriots' defense? I'm sure. Lack thereof? Yeah, boy, were we wrong after week one. Yep. <laughs> we were we were all sunshine and rainbows about the defense. Sure Just like, were. Oh, here they are. They're back. This is a Bill Belichick defense again. Yeah, giving way to uh, go, Brian Flores. Brian Flores, all yeah. sorts of credit. Just, Dumping on Patricia. Yeah, Man, those were the days, huh? And now, uh, yeah, D- 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 Patsy got smoked. I mean, it looked oh. it looked like it looked like it looked, looked like the Super, the Super Bowl. Bowl. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it was like, oh, I I know, I've seen this story before. Yeah, fucking mediocre pedestrian quarterback literally looks like Joe Montana when you play the Patriots. Like. Mm-hmm. Picking them apart. Well, and I think, you know, going into the week, you heard like, oh, um, Fournette's out. Yeah, with the yeah. I was like, oh, and that's their whole offense, right? They're like a running team because they got goddamn Blake Bortles. Mm-hmm. No, no. You know what he looked like? Fucking Nick Foles. Yeah. <laughs> just crushing down the field. Just turn him into yeah. a fucking superhero. Yeah. Play the Patriots. I, well, I think one thing that we can learn, and I'm terrified that other teams are going to learn this, is like if you stay aggressive with your pass game. Even if you don't have a great quarterback, you can beat the Patriots because yeah. you can pick them apart. And like, they're not great at pulling it back together in the secondary and like stopping the pass game. Yeah. Clearly. And it was all. And again, like I, I don't know if I'm really that afraid of Jacksonville in like a playoff game in January. This was like a, this was their Super Bowl. I predicted a loss. You did. You were uh, right. And so like it played out not exactly like I would have expected. Like I wouldn't, I didn't expect a runaway. That game right. felt like a runaway. Yeah. Um, it's, the thing with the heat too is like as much as I would love to blame the heat for the, for the shittiness of the, of the Patriots defensive play, but like three scores in the first quarter. Like right. it's, it's like, before it's they like, were even tired yeah, before any of the real, you know, war of attrition sort of started yeah. to uh, could take place. But yeah, I mean, it was pretty brutal all the way around. Trey flowers got hurt and Patrick, Patrick Chung. Chung got hurt. Dietrich wise jr. Left the game. It looked like they like yeah. broke his finger or something like that. Yeah, so probably nothing that's like super serious, but, but Chung and flowers are both in concussion protocol. Yeah. It's not good. Just 
not great. It's not good. We were praising the pass rush last week. Right. Uh, and speaking of last week, Houston went on to lose to the Tennessee Titans, who really suck. Yeah. So uh, giving them their first win of the season. So it's like that that continues to look like, you know, we said last week, like, we'll see how the Texans do to sort of rank this win. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because I feel like before seasons, people always try to do like strength of schedule assessments. Yeah. But like you, going tough. into the season, you would have said like, oh, that Houston game's tough. But if they totally. end up four and 12, you're going to be like, well, that wasn't such a hard game, exactly. I guess. Yeah. It's you always a, it's like a moving point yeah. throughout the season right. for sure. Because it depends how that team ends up looking at the end of the year, how tough your schedule actually was. Yeah. Hey, so we got a call on something that's related to this. Okay. Do you want to hear it? Yeah, I do. It's relevant to our conversation right now. Okay. Uh, regarding defense, struggling, offense, struggling, team, struggling. Here's Dan from Concord. Hi, this is Dan from Concord. The Patriots are severely lacking in the defensive secondary and in their receiving core. I think the former is a bigger issue, especially with the absence of flowers, resulting in a lack of pass rush. Belichick gets a chance to upgrade at D-back or at receiver. What do you think is the better move? Upgrade at defensive back or receiver. Now, since this call came in, this was on Sunday yeah, night. Right. Uh, they have obviously addressed, or at least we think they've addressed, uh, the wide receiver position, wow. assuming Josh Gordon is someone that works out <laughs> and actually plays football. We should make a plea to all the drug dealers in the Boston area. Leave them alone. Don't sell anything Leave to him. Leave them alone. Let him, just, we, just tell him we're a drug-free state. We don't have them. <laughs> it's fine. Or wait for the shit to get fully legalized and then whatever. Yeah. And, well, but yeah. it's still banned in the NFL. Right. That's the problem. They don't it's care about like that shit. It's like a pop shit. for a test. Anyway. So if you could only have one, let's say, a uh, cornerback or a wide receiver. I, I would go with an upgrade on defense. Yeah. At this point in any fucking position. Because <laughs> they're going to get Julian Edelman back. In week four, week five, I guess, because yeah. four game suspension, right? So I, I think your need is addressed there in a lot of ways. And then once you have Julian Edelman back, it changes the way that defenses have to play against you because now you can't just double team Gronk mm -hmm. and let Hogan and James White beat you. Like now you have two real threats that like Brady likes to go to. And so it, it just changes that a little bit. For sure. So I would take the upgrade on defense. Hmm. What about you? See... I think I would go receiver only because I think the impact that one supremely talented wide receiver can have on your offense is greater than the impact that whatever corner or, or, or that they would pick up would have. Like if you go out and you sign like, you know, let, let's just assume the Patriots aren't going to go out and get fucking keep to or like a really good elite corner at this point in the season. Like sure. they, they might get someone, but they're not going to be like the equivalent of Josh Gordon. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just from a talent perspective. Like, they're not going to make that move. So I'm just going to go ahead and not think of it in terms of that. Like, I think that it's just the the impact that a really good wide receiver is can have on the offense is greater than whatever impact the cornerback is going to have on the defense. Like, the defense has is more than just... Let me put it this way. The defense is more than just one corner away from being really good. I think the offense, because you still have Tom Brady, is potentially one or maybe two receivers away, Josh Gordon, Julian Edelman, from being really good. Sure. I can see that. I guess I just look at it as, like, the Patriots haven't struggled putting up points. They've struggled... <laughs> putting up more points than the other team. You know what I <laughs> well, mean? And yeah. so like, if you can stop the other team from putting up a touchdown a game, like look at the Super. Let's go back to the Super Bowl. We love talking about that. Like if you stop if, them once, if you stopped them once, right. you know, so if that guy can make one play, even with this game, like if they could have stopped them once, you know, maybe 
we would have had a chance for momentum. Like I'm thinking about that third quarter. We just talked about the, you know, first play after we punted yeah. it and he runs. If someone could have stopped that guy from running the 61 yard touchdown in right. like, okay, well now it's still 24 to 10 and now you're two scores down instead of three. And like, that is a big difference in the way that your offense can work too. Yeah. I hear you on that, but I, I just think that the, the way the Patriots are built is like, they got to be able to score. Like if they can't score on like an elite level consistently, like 30 plus points, like basically per game, high twenties, at least yeah. they're porked. Like there's net, like they're just not built to win low scoring games and win on defense and win by running the ball and all that stuff. Like that's, that's Jacksonville. Like, like, they're, <laughs> like they, their game plan was to like score early and then salt that shit away. They did exactly that. Yeah. And their team, it's like a ball control, like possession, thing where they want to get a lead and then they're just going to sit on you and let their defense just run wild and ruin your day. And like the Patriots, there's not, they're just not built that way. Like they've got to be able to score in the thirties or high twenties to, to be successful. And I feel like they might be one piece away from doing that week in week out. And the defense is like, it is what it is. Like they're not going to, it's not going to be changed with like one player unless it's fucking Khalil Mack or something like, you know, but yeah, they're shit, not going to get, happen. they're not going to get a right. guy like that. They're just going to get, a guy <laughs> like that's their whole defense is just a bunch of fucking rando scrubs basically right um so yeah we'll, we'll have to see we'll see uh next week we got old, detroit yeah old friend matt patricia yeah in detroit dome game i think they play in a dome right yeah i'm pretty sure they play in a dome sure seems, seems reasonable what's your thoughts on next week Oh, I think the Patriots are going to fucking destroy Matt Patricia because I think people look at it and are like, oh, but he knows Brady and he, yeah, okay. He knows Jimmy G too. And you know, Jimmy was able to win over him this week in San Fran and you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, as much as I love him is not Tom Brady. Like the 49ers offense is not the same as the Patriots offense. And so I think as much as Patricia knows Brady, Brady and Josh McDaniels know Patricia too. And he, they're just going to school him. Yeah, you don't think Patricia knew the New York Jets, who he plays twice, who he yeah. had been playing twice a year since 2012 oh as a God. member of the Patriots. He got his doors blown oh off God, in week they just one. Smoked him. Fam- fuck the familiarity. Yeah, Patricia's yeah. gonna get lit the fuck up. I think the Patriots he- are gonna. Exp- I think it's gonna. This is gonna be like an onto Cincinnati esque, like just <laughs> trouncing of uh, of the Detroit Lions. Yeah, I think they're it's coming off a bad ugly. loss. It's like a su- it's a Sunday night game, so national spotlight. Yeah, and, and I think the Patriots and- are gonna blow doors. I- you know, it's funny. People talk a lot about the Bill Belichick coaching tree and how no one's been successful coming from it. And I think Bill gets off on just destroying those oh, guys yeah. that used to work for him. You know, it's funny too. In our episode a couple weeks ago, when we we were talking about Bill O'Brien, we were talking about the coaching tree thing. We were recording on a Monday night and the Monday night football game was on sort of in the background, but oh, yeah. we weren't really paying attention to it. And as we were having a conversation about the Bill Belichick coaching tree, yeah. The latest member, Matt Patricia, <laughs> yeah, was just, just getting... getting decimated <laughs> on opening it's night true. for his team. So I didn't I, even I, realize I that. that was funny because yeah. we were like watching ish, but not really. Yeah. Well, we watched just Matt on in the background. get his intestines yeah, yeah, ruptured. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think they're going to fucking roll. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not really. Do you are you like nervous? Does this Jacksonville loss make you feel like scared no. about like it? Does it does it tell you anything that you didn't already know about this Patriots team? No. If this had been week 12, well, I'd yeah. be nervous. I week agree. two? No, I'm not. Because it's Bill Belichick, and I think he he doesn't care what happens in September. Not really. He plays in a shit division, so he's not worried. Okay, Miami's 2-0 and right now. Okay, he's not worried about Ryan Tannehill coming and, like, <laughs> taking the division from him. Right. 
So, uh, no, I don't think that that he's concerned. I'm not concerned. I don't like when they lose, but I think that's like the ego of Patriots fans at this point is you're like, oh, they lost? My God, how terrible. And I was like, oh, is this how like shitty teams feel all the time? It yeah. must be. Well, the thing is, is most teams go into every year not really knowing what to expect from their, te- from, from their group, you right. know? And it's like... You, like you just said about the schedule, it's like a lot of people thought Houston was really good. It turns out they might really suck. Or right. a lot of people thought the, the Saints were going to go to the Super Bowl and now they're 0-2. Like, you know, uh, they're not 0-2. They're 1-1, but whatever. Beat the fucking Browns, barely. Um, uh- <laughs> and so like, you know, as Patriots fans, we are conditioned to be like, at this point, especially too, after, you know, a 2-2 two and two start in the Kansas City Massacre in 2014, oh, yeah. they go on to win the Super Bowl. Right. A 1-1 and one start in 2015, they go to the AFC Championship game. 16, they start 2-2 two and two and win the Super Bowl. 17, they go whatever they did last year, I think 2-2 yeah. two and two again. You know, losing that Carolina game, losing right. the season opener to Kansas City, they go to the... It's just like... We've been down this road. Right. Like we've seen them struggle in the early part of the season. It's like whatever, man. Like it, we'll see you in January. It Enjoy always your feels Super like, Bowl, Jackson. Yeah, Penny Penny when it's next. happening, and it's like, oh my god, they're losing. They lost. This is the end. Tom Brady's too old. And yeah. then, yeah, by you know New Year's Eve, we're like, yeah, fucking Tom Brady's the greatest of all time. No one will ever beat him because yeah. they're twelve and four right. and crushing people. Anyway, I'm not scared. You're not scared. Um, I'm not scared. Perfect. We're tough. Uh, regards. <laughs> All right, so can I just throw a quick non sequitur in here real quick? Yeah, I want to. Hard, like, left turn. <laughs> yeah. Getting off the Patriots entirely. Okay. So I got a quick Red Sox take. Okay. So this week they won 100 wins, blah, 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 blah. They clinched a playoff spot, I think, the sure. night before the 100th win. Uh, and then this week they will, um, presumably See, yeah. clinch the division, right? right. I have <laughs> at like 105 wins. Yeah. Insane. Stupid. Which is insane. Yeah. Um, I've really enjoyed the way that they've approached all these, I'm going to put air quotes. Uh, no, forget the air quotes. Accomplishments. I was yeah. going to air quote accomplishments, okay. but they're accomplishments. Winning hundred wins is an accomplishment. Yeah. They haven't done it in they haven't, 70 years. Right. So, so like just the way that they, I think they did like some sort of champagne toast or something like that oh. after the playoff clinch. It wasn't like a, it wasn't like a big spraying of the beer goggles yeah. and all that stuff. They literally just like cheers with something. Oh, I like which that's was classy. cool. Hundred wins. They didn't do anything over the top or anything like that. Yeah. All the interviews they've been giving Alex Cora fucking on down has basically been like, yeah, it's cool. We're proud. It's a good team. We've had a great year, but like we're here to win a World Series. They've been like totally eye on the ball, like focused on bigger things. Even David Price, for Christ's sakes, as much as I don't like David Price, I don't like giving him credit for stuff. He (laughs) was quoted this week. He was asked, I forget who asked him the question, but it was like, you know, you've been pitching your boobs off for the last like six or seven weeks. Like, how do you feel? And he was like, in his David Pricey way, but this was like better. It's a step in the right direction for him. He was like, you know, I could go 35 and 0 in the regular season. And ultimately what matters is, you know, whether or not we win in the playoffs. Yeah. I like that attitude from him. Oh my God, David Price. Finally. Was that so fucking hard? Right. Did it take you like three years to figure that out? That yes, you're exactly correct. If you had said that on year one. 35 and 0 and then shit your pants in October, we wouldn't like you. Right. And that's why we don't. Right. Because you've done basically that, not 35 and 0, but like, you know, you've been a good regular season pitcher and a bad postseason pitcher since forever. So yes, exactly. So I just want to give them a little bit of credit. 
for handling this the way that they have. I really don't like uh, division championship celebrations. Champagne and all that bullshit for winning the division. Meh. What's your take on that? Uh, I don't mind it there. I don't like the playoff clinch celebration. Like, because at this point, clinching a playoff spot means you could play a one game play in. Like, yeah. The, right. Don't celebrate that. And if you're that good, you should not be like, right. It's like a fucking foregone conclusion that. at some point. Like, yes, right. it's just it, like that's an assumed right. thing that you do as a team that's close <laughs> to 100 wins yeah. anywhere in the ballpark. The Red Sox did not, it was not a last game of the season no, playoff no clinch no that you're celebrating like i like the idea that maybe they had a glass of champagne they did a little toast Move commemorate on. the experience i don't need a t-shirt i don't need the hats i don't need the goggles every yeah. time i think when you clinch the division that is a big accomplishment like i'm actually more okay with that celebration yeah i, I, would, I still would appreciate the just simple like oh, toast I would it's way classier nothing more if cora shut down any sort of like wild celebration yeah, of the, the division tarps clinching. in the locker room like i uh. think that would be way more badass and like if you want to do that fine do it when no one's there and like be crazy but like if your on-air team celebration was just a like buttoned up like yeah we don't give a shit about this we're trying maybe y'all got a red series. solo cup and you just like <laughs> do a little cheers like sign me up for that i would love nothing all day that. you know what the problem is i think that major league baseball like Makes sponsors them. these events like yeah. it's like the bud light post game celebration yeah, well, from you, whatever you can all clink with a bud light bottle then yeah call it a day so get some might, aluminum bottles I think there might be some contractual obligations getting in the way there just but i would it all oh my place. god i would stand up and applaud if yeah. they just respectfully declined like if they went well if, uh, from the looks of it they're not going to play today because it's raining balls in boston so maybe well, it's also Yank raining in balls in new york but uh, I think it's raining balls basically on the entire East Coast <laughs> yeah. right now. Um, but anyways, yeah, if they clinch today and they just are like, yeah, you know what? Thanks, but no thanks to the fucking wild ass champagne celebration. I'll take it. It's fucking biblical out there. Yeah, huh? I don't think my raincoat's going to help with this. <laughs> 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 I need an arc. <laughs> uh, anyway. Come on. Think of a good pun that can transition us from talking about a rainstorm to talking about a lightning round. Is there one out there? Um, hmm. Maybe not. All right. <laughs> Let's just get to know. it then. All right. Lightning round. Let's do it. I want to ask you this question because I've been thinking about it for two days. Okay. The Packers and the Vi the Packers and Vikings. They yeah. played. They ended up in a tie after no one scored in overtime. Yep. This is the second tie in two weeks of the NFL season. True. Fucking bonkers. Yeah. Three columns on the record. Yeah. I don't... Whatever. 1-0-1 one, oh, one are the Packers and the Vikings. Yeah. Do you think that the overtime rules need to be changed to avoid ties? And if so, what would you change? Uh, I don't think the overtime rules need to be changed to avoid ties. Really? Yeah. I like ties. I hate ties. You know why I like ties? Why? Because everybody, it's the most frustrating outcome <laughs> of all time. Like it drives people nuts. That's why I love them. No other sport ends in a tie other than soccer. Okay. Well, that's a pretty big fucking sport, first of all. Well, and people in America hate all, soccer. I know. People in America hate ties. This is why I love the tie. Yeah. We're a competitive love, nation. I we want to win. I love the idea of we've why we get into wars so we can win <laughs> i love the idea of what transpired on sunday of a shitload of packers fans and a shitload of vikings fans all leaving you know 50, 60 70 000 people all leaving that stadium just 
fucking jammed up. Like yeah. no one's no happy. No one's happy. It's awesome. I love it. The I think it's great. Fan base Make ever- the kick, you fucking boob. Uh, the kickers make were the kick brutal this week. The only team that fan base has ever been happy with a goddamn tie is the Cleveland Browns in week one. <laughs> I think it's amazing. I love it. Oh, I love the, I love how frustrating it is for everybody involved. I think they should I'm in on the tie. It like fucks up playoff seating. Oh yeah, it's a it's a it's a nightmare. It's a jam. I love it. Uh, okay, speaking of the Browns, yeah, and kickers. If their kicker uh, wasn't a total sap, they could actually be two and zero. Um, if he could fucking jam anything through the uprights in the first game of the season, he's missed a forty-three yard field goal that would have won it. Uh, and this week, week two, he missed two field goals and two extra points. He was released after the game. This week. No shit. The question is, do you hold uh, kickers responsible for things like this? Or is it just the kind of thing that happens when you are a bad franchise like the Browns? Yeah, I went back and forth on this for a while because like it's easy to hold the kicker responsible and be like, oh, that guy, you should have hit the fucking field goal. Yeah, like But you could also say like, well, the offense should have scored a touchdown. Like they shouldn't be so reliant on field goals that that is like make or break. Sure. I am going to hold him responsible for missing the two point after. So come on. You kicked you the ball can't. four times in the game. You we can't. missed all four times. It's, you, what are you doing here? You're an NFL professional. And you're all, going back to like, you have one job. You literally have one it's job. It's to kick the football. And if you can't hit the point afters, you get the yips. You're yeah, out. What are we doing you here? Can't be, you can't be here anymore. Yeah, He's I gone. Mean, the Vikings kicker's gone too. <laughs> Everyone's gone. You want to hear a funny clip from the Vikings kicker thing? Yeah, I do. So uh, Mike Zimmer, coach, coach. Of the, uh, uh, coach of the Vikings, yeah, had a funny thing to say when he fired his guy. <laughs> Here it is. What went into the decision today to let Daniel Carlson go? Did you see the game? Okay. Was it was it an easy decision? No, pretty easy. <laughs> <laughs> what went into the decision to release Daniel Carlson? Did you see the game? <laughs> was it an easy decision? Yep, pretty easy. Uh, um, they've both already picked up new kickers, and the Vikings actually, I think, upgraded because they picked up. I can't remember the guy's name now, but he was the kicker on Dallas last year. Yeah. And it was kind of surprising that he didn't have a job. Well, why was he available? I assume he was available for a reason. I think Dallas just had a cheaper kicker that they could go with. Hmm. And so they went with him. Yeah. What a bunch of fucking sackless douchebags. Yeah. (laughs) Idiot. (laughs) All right. Next. Anyway, uh, David Wright from the Mets announced this week. Remember him? Yeah. He announced this week that he will not be medically able to play baseball anymore after September. I didn't know he was even still playing. So uh, it turns out he hasn't played a game since May 2016, but he's still due to be paid $27 million by the Mets over the next two seasons. The Mets are planning a send-off for him. He's going to come back and play one last game hmm. at the end of September. Do you think any sport does this kind of pomp and circumstance better than baseball? And then unrelated question, do stories like this make you for or against guaranteed contracts like this one? Does anybody do this sort of pomp and circumstance better than baseball? You could also phrase that. Does anybody do this sort of pomp and circumstance worse than baseball? <laughs> Depending on your perspective. Um, yeah, it's always just weird when they have they they all these baseball guys sign these wicked long contracts and you forget that they even existed. Right. And then you're like, oh shit, that guy's still, you know. I like the thing is, is nobody ever like goes out on top in baseball. It doesn't seem like everybody like wallows in obscurity until eventually something like this happens. You're like, oh yeah. David Wright? Forgot about him. Yeah. What's his deal? I haven't heard that name in a while. I don't know. I think it, it I think it kind of leads to unceremonious exits, you know? Versus as opposed to a, a sport like football or a contact sport where like when you're done, you're done and people sort of know it. Like you don't just kind of you go out with a with a bang, not with a whimper, you know? 
Well, I look at like the David Ortiz farewell tour. We had like a whole season of cities that was giving annoying. him things and it was irritating. Yeah. So yeah, th- that's why I say the pomp and circumstance anybody do it worse than baseball. Like, I don't know why it's the only sport where people do that. I don't know. I just like think, where they have like yeah. big long ceremonies yeah. before every away game all year for Mariano Rivera or Derek right, Jeter Derek or Jeter. David Ortiz or whatever. It's like, I guess one team does it, then everybody else feels like they have to do it. Like they go to fucking San Diego, a team they never even play, and he gets gifted a surfboard before the game. Uh, so yeah. this is stupid. Bizarre. Uh, so no, I'm not a big fan. Okay. Not a big fan. I, I, but good for David Wright. I mean, yeah. he's like, he's ending his career because he has, what is he, some sort of spinal? Spinal stenosis. I don't know what that is, but it doesn't sound good. It's not great. It doesn't sound good. Two small kids. It was weird when they two like. Two small kids? What do you mean? He has two small kids. Oh. Two. They all, They don't have it. Oh, but, okay. 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 I didn't know if that was like <laughs> a, a, a related fact to the fact that he has some No, no, thing. no, no. It's some like spine thing. They said he'll never be able to play again. He's going to play this one game, but well, I don't know. Whatever. Yikes. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, anyway, here's a fun one. Yeah. Weird story. Yeah. Uh, speaking of retirement, Vontae Davis walked off the field in Buffalo at halftime this week, put on his street clothes, left the building. <laughs> uh, he apparently decided he didn't want to play football anymore and announced his retirement just after the game. Yeah. So uh, my question to you is, does this taint the lasting view of his career or is it kind of a ballsy move? I think it, it taints his career a little. Like you're always going to be known as he, he's like a great corner. Like he's had a good solid career with like oh, yeah. a couple different teams. And now he's always going to be known as the guy that retired at halftime. I love it. You di- Oh no. I think, it, and he had, a, of course now all his like old tweets are resurfacing about like, you can't, you can't quit. Like, you know, you go to play and, be tough and be out there yeah. for your team. And now he's like, fuck this. I'm out of here. And oh, he just I love pieces it. out. He pulls himself from the game, changes and leaves. Got in an Uber pool. Yeah. Like, <laughs> fucking Picked done up here. a couple people on the way to the airport. Yeah. Got I, the fuck right out of Buffalo. It's ballsy. I'll give him that. But like, it's just wild. It feels like something that like Carl Everett or some crazy person <laughs> would do. Like, I don't know. Just like, yeah. just like a weird That's way to what go. It is. That's why I think it taints it. It's a quite, weird thing Quite the to opposite do. of the uh, farewell tour. Just the yeah, just, deuces at <laughs> halftime. I can't do this shit. Like, <laughs> I'm out. I'm too old for this shit. He just runs yeah, like, out. Imagine, like, when, I wonder if it was like after like a particular play where he was just like, ow, <laughs> fuck. What am I doing out here? I'm rich. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, what well, is ridiculous? I mean, you can't pull yourself from the game and just stay on the sidelines with your no, team. No, that's loser mentality. Get out of there. Clean break. <laughs> he like Irish goodbye the whole team. Yeah, he, he Irish goodbye the league. Yeah, he was like, I'm out. I'm done. Uh, that's a weird one. Next, uh, Urban Meyer. Yikes! Cannot yeah. get out of his own way. He is facing a major PR crisis, basically saying that he covered up a domestic violence charge against one of his assistant coaches. Ohio State suspended him for the first three games of this season. He could still coach in weeks two and three, just not in the game. Bizarre suspension. Uh, Do you think that the head coach should be that responsible for the actions of their employees? And then when will these people learn how to handle these questions in press conferences? Because he got up there this week and he once again just stepped in it like he Mm. He can't fucking figure out what to say. You can just say, i.e. the Celtics that we talked about at the beginning. Domestic violence is a terrible thing and it's something that should be taken seriously. And not something that this organization stands for. Right. Done. I, I don't. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think part of the problem with the with the press conference is that I think this is a case where he does not feel as if he did anything wrong. Right. So he has a hard time saying the right things in a press conference because in his mind, he is innocent of any sort of 
wrongdoing. Uh, if there is one position in all of sports that I don't feel bad for, it's college head coaches, particularly giant big names like Urban Meyer yeah. or Lane Kiffin or any of these guys because they're like fucking gods and they get paid gazillions of dollars and have total control over their organizations, total control over their players, total, like they're like, they they're like... Be all end all. Nick Saban, Joe Paterno, like all these guys, they fucking walk on water in their little weird, you know, self-contained universe of these universities and like, I just cannot feel bad for anybody who is getting like raked over the coals. And I think uh, Urban Meyer totally deserves it. And yeah, man, that was your guy. He fucked up. You decided to ignore it. Right. And it's like, this is what happens. Yeah. Like, do you read the newspaper? I, th I think what's interesting is like, you, you're And not also, he's not even getting really punished. He's missing three games. Big right. fucking deal. Like, you're not being held responsible for what he did. You're being held responsible because you knew and didn't do anything right. about it. Like, basically, someone on your staff is committing a crime. And, you know, they're, I don't know why people get confused with this fine line here. Because, like, if the guy had been accused of robbing a bank, you wouldn't have any problem being like... Yeah, you gotta go. You gotta go. You can't work here. What are you doing? Right. But because he, you know, slaps his wife around, you're like, well, I mean, we don't know the whole story. Well, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> Bro. Yeah, what, he has well, to kill her before you know. you know the whole story? Like, <laughs> where's your line, Urban? Anyway, stupid ass. I agree. Okay. Oh, this one's... <laughs> I just I'm looked so over excited. and you're <laughs> smiling like a loon. All right. So here's a crazy stat that Melissa really likes. I love it. Uh, Milwaukee Brewers outfielder Kristen Yelich making his first appearance on the Titletown Sports Podcast yeah. for sure. Many of you probably became, don't know who he is. Uh, became the first player in major league history to hit for the cycle against the same team twice in one season on Monday night. He hit for the cycle against the Cincinnati Reds in August and then again in September. Uh, Melissa... Is this your favorite random play? Uh, and when I say random play, uh, you know, safeties, hat tricks, hitting for the cycle, things yeah. of that nature. Uh, uh, I would say half court buzzer beating shots in basketball. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, and do you think these random, what, what did we call them before? Inconsequential. Inconsequential uh, <laughs> stats or achievements yeah. uh, are important in sports. Here's a bit different question. How much do you love this Kristen Yelich cycle story? Love this like, love this story. I love this story. Why? <laughs> I don't know why. I get so excited when someone like obviously we all know I love a safety. Yeah. I get so excited when someone hits for the cycle. And I think it's because it's the reason we all watch sports. What? Is that you don't <laughs> I'm getting there. Relax. <laughs> is that you don't know what's going to happen on any given night, right? Like you don't know when you're going to see something you've never seen before. For sure. And something that like happens rarely and at the end of the day has no impact on the game. Like Very it would be impact. way better if that guy hit four home runs than hitting for the cycle. Yeah. But it's like a random achievement and it's a weird accomplishment and it doesn't happen very often. And so I think and it it's exciting. revs your engine. It gets me <laughs> pumped when these weird ass... <laughs> things happen in games and i do think it's because of the like holy like there are still records to be broken and to be set yeah anytime you hear the first time in major league baseball history yeah. i'm listening right so i'll give you that because it's weird they've been playing baseball for a long time a long ass fucking time and i don't know there's just like so is that your favorite cycle safety hat trick half court shot i do think the cycle might be my favorite Probably after this, I'll come up with something else. I'll tell you what. You know, my only... I don't care about the cycle, but you know when I do care about the cycle? If you're in the park. 
Yeah. Like if you're at the game, yeah, it's yeah, very yeah, exciting because yeah. you're like, there's a very specific outcome that you're rooting for at that fourth right. at bat. Right. And you're like, if he gets this one very specific thing, yeah. that will be extremely exciting. Especially if, if happens, he gets the great. triple early. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, usually triple is the hardest one. That's usually what sets the scene. Do you think that <laughs> any other context though, if I'm not in the building, I don't give a fuck about yeah. this. Like, well, let's say it's your fourth at bat and the only one you need is a single. Do you but just see, that's stop what sucks it about it. It's just like, they would, <laughs> I that, would just stop. I'd that's just when stop. They, they start selling out for the fucking cycle. And it's like, what are we doing here? Yeah. I, I don't know. You I think it. it's, it's more fine. exciting. than. Wanna, the... I'm not trying to yuck your yum. It's cool. <laughs> you should enjoy the cycle. If you're into it, then be into it. Uh, late breaking lightning round question. Yeah. Came in the form of a voicemail. I like it. Let's give it a whirl. Hi, this is Bill George from the Should I Go See a Podcast. Uh, <laughs> long time, plug. first time. <laughs> I didn't know if you guys saw that Sports Illustrated put out their list of the 100 best NBA players for the upcoming season. The Celtics had six players on it, so did the Golden State Warriors. Uh, those teams had the most from their squad on the list. And I was curious if you had any takes from it. Uh, if you read it, if you agree, disagree. And then also, when it comes to these rankings and lists in general, what do you think they are? A fun exercise to get ready for the season, or what do you think it's just a uh, a waste of time and hot air? Uh, thanks for taking my call. All right, top 100 lists. Fun way to get excited for the season, or a waste of time and hot air? Specifically, this so Sports Illustrated put out this yeah. 100 best players list in the NBA. I think if you're like an NBA diehard, it is an exciting way to get people like jazzed up for the season. You know, in the NBA in particular, their players are so recognizable and there's not necessarily a million of them. You know, like a football team has 53 players on it. You're not going to know all of those guys. In the NBA, you will know all the players that play on your team yeah. and recognize them. For sure. And so I think like for people that are super into basketball, it's like a fun way to get exci excited and to say like, oh, my guy got robbed. And like, how can you rank him so low? Or like, whoa, look how high this guy's rated. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It's like a fun exercise. You know which one I like a lot? The NFL does one every year and they they pull the players. Players ranking other players. Yes. You've got my attention. Yeah. This SI thing was like two dickheads who write for SI just like ranking their favorite 100 <laughs> NBA guys, which is like, all right. Like, yeah, I could yeah. make a list. God. You know what I mean? Like lists, hundreds a lot. You know, I couldn't make that. I couldn't get that far. Yeah. Uh, like Penny Hardaway. <laughs> uh, so is he still around? Um, so I yeah, it's like all right, sure. Like we can. I like the the sports radio like arguing about who's above who. Like those are like all like you know sure. bar stool type arguments, not the website. Like the metaphor for being in a bar. Yeah. Um, but you know the actual list itself like it's just put together by two guys who are like basketball writers that when when they do like player surveys and they like rank them like that like that's when it's like all right well now you fucking this is coming from the real yeah i do like, like the that real shit because then you know who's good and who they fucking hate yeah yeah totally <laughs> I, I mean, like that's that like too. Brady's been on top of that, like top one, top 50 or whatever for like years and years. You got people like, and they always do the interviews, which are really cool. Like you got like Ray Lewis talking about like. Why? Yeah, 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 there. yeah, yeah. So those are cool. Yeah. This one I didn't really care about. You know what I did care about though? What? Al Horford ranked higher than Kyrie Irving. What are we doing here, guys? Really? Yeah. All right. What about It was like assholes? 16, 17. Horford, okay. Kyrie. Uh, you got anything else? I don't think so. Uh, so Do yeah, you? hopefully this week we Wait, see Red Sox uh, oh, okay. clinch the division. Yeah. Oh my God. I hope and so. We'll hopefully Jesus see... Christ. If they don't clinch the division this week, we're going to come back with some hot Red Sox takes. Yeah. 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 They got it. Cause something bad's going down. They have to. Uh, and we'll hopefully see a, uh, a nice healthy Sunday night football win in Detroit. Yeah. 
and all will be right in the universe. Right. And then we'll all feel great about the Patriots again and they will be number one and we don't need anything. In our hearts and minds. <laughs> Hopefully Josh Gordon makes a couple of big plays. Fuck this week. yeah. Let's go flash. I'm, I'm ready. in. I'm ready. I'm I, all I'm in. ready for him to turn it around. Yeah. We didn't do, we didn't spend too much time on Josh Gordon this week because we're going to wait and see if he's good or bad. And then uh, next yeah. week we'll talk about it. He hasn't really played enough in the last <laughs> three seasons. Making predictions. We can just basically consider him a rookie at this point. Like, I don't know what he's going to be. Yeah. He's got a new clothing line coming out. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That's got a how lot we... of secret pockets. <laughs> Just built in lighter. <laughs> okay. All right. Anyway. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Bye. Later. <laughs>